2: Dangerous Assignment Transcribed starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. <laughs>
3: Yeah, danger is my assignment. I get sent to a lot of places I can't even pronounce. They all spell the same thing, though, trouble. But when I walk into the commissioner's office, I don't realize that this assignment's going to prove that you can sometimes hang a killer sky high with a little piece of string.
4: Commissioner, you sent for me? Steve, you ever hear of the Italian movie actress named Yolanda? Sure.
3: She's made so many rice field pictures, I understand she's got waterlogged kneecaps. How'd you like to meet her?
4: Oh, just hand me a pair of hip boots and I'm on my way. You'll find her on the French Riviera. Her yacht is anchored at Nice. We're particularly interested in the guests she has aboard. How so, Commissioner? Steve, one of the most vicious pre-war rackets is in operation again. A racket that cost American citizens thousands and thousands of dollars in payoff money for the protection of of relatives living in eastern Germany, Hungary, and Romania. Yeah, built up quite a fund for Adolf's rise to power, didn't it? This time we're certain it's being run as a private enterprise. It started up some six months ago under the direction of the same man who handled it for the Nazi. That would be Herzog, Colonel of Gestapo. Right, only someone else seems to have taken over the racket, and the Colonel's little black book. Herzog died suddenly in Lisbon two months ago. So how does all this tie in with the Italian movie queen? An American named Ernest Hall, vacationing in Nice had the bite put on him for $25,000 last week. Did he pay up? Yes, he was afraid harm would come to some of his family still living in eastern Germany. Now, Hall is certain the head of this racket is aboard that yacht. Get over there, Steve. Check with him. Find out who's behind all this and smash it. Oh, that's it. You've got your assignment. Good luck.
2: National Broadcasting Company is presenting Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy in the role of Steve Mitchell, colorful two-fisted government agent. At all those places of the world where danger and intrigue walk hand in hand, there you will find Steve Mitchell on another Dangerous Assignment. Thursday evening is an entertainment-filled listening night on NBC Radio. Set your dial to this station for such fun-packed programs as Truth or Consequences, with Ralph Edwards playing host on America's Favorite Party Game. There's fun surprises and always the unexpected when you listen to Truth or Consequences each Thursday. And for Western Songs and Adventure, hit the trail to Paradise Valley and the Double R Bar Ranch, for there you'll find The Roy Rogers Show and 30 Minutes of Top Flight Entertainment. Robert Young is another Thursday night visitor when he stars in Father Knows Best. We know you'll all enjoy these wonderful programs, so be sure to set your dial right here to this NBC station for Top Flight Radio Entertainment Each Thursday
5: night. Sure,
3: I've got my assignment. Get over to the French Riviera, check with an American who's had to pay off protection money for members of his family living in Germany. Find out who's running the racket and break it up. It's late Thursday afternoon when my plane lands. The American, Ernest Hall, is waiting for me in his hotel room. I I was afraid for my relatives, Mr. Mitchell.
6: That's why I didn't call the authorities until now. I wanted nothing to go wrong. I decided it would be best to investigate quietly after the payment had been made. All right, Hall, let's start from the beginning. When did you get the pitch? A Sunday evening. A letter had been slipped under my door. The note contained a demand for payment of $25,000. A threat against the lives of an Aunt Analia Halderstadt and two cousins, Jan and Joseph. Halderstadt? Would that by any chance... Yes, my father's name. I changed it to Hall when I arrived in America many years ago. I see. How long have you been vacationing here in Nice? Uh, A month. Run into any old acquaintances? Someone who knows your real name is Halderstadt? Yes, as a matter of fact, a week ago aboard the yacht. Eric Vogel is an old, old friend. We came from the same village, and naturally we talked to people we would known, our families and so on. And when you got that note Sunday evening? Oh, no, no. I couldn't bring myself to suspect that Eric was behind all this. There were others at the
3: party aboard the yacht. Mm, Any one of them could have overheard your conversation learned that your real name was Halderstadt. Uh Okay, who were the others? Well,
6: the actress Yolanda, of course, was there. It's her yacht. Then also a French newspaper man named uh, Albert Beauvais, an Englishman named Chipping, and Lal Hubli, a Hindu. That all? Mm, There were two others. Felix DeLuca, he is uh, Yolanda's director, and George... Something or other. I I didn't get his last name.
3: Okay. Now, about the payoff... Well,
6: last night, a box containing the money was placed under a bridge on the road to Antibes. You see anyone? No, I didn't go. Albert Beauvais did. The newspaper man? Yes. You see, he was with me Sunday evening when the letter came. So, naturally, we talked about it. The note instructed me to remain in my hotel room here and send someone with the money. Beauvais volunteered. I
3: see. Look, I'd like to meet these people. Beauvais, Chipping, George, what's his name? Well, I can
6: arrange it. I am expected to board the art in an hour. The cocktails. They'll all be there. Fine. Now, uh, I should warn you, Mr. Mitchell. These friends of lander they're of artistic temperament. Their actions are somewhat droll, strange. You you might call them eccentric. Or just plain screwball, huh? <laughs> all right, let's go. <laughs>
3: I've met some characters in my time, but nothing like the wacky group assembled aboard Yolanda's yacht. The queen herself is attired in a leopard-skin bathing suit, dark glasses, a floppy sombrero with a fur four-foot brim. She's tossing grapes across the room to a gent who's standing on his head in the corner with his mouth open. The hindu draped in his sheet is sitting cross-legged on the bar, and he's cracking walnuts with his teeth. Paul introduces me to Yolanda, and a split second later, the door bursts open. Two gents race into the room. Each of them is armed with a saber.
1: Uh, uh, that was chipping. And the one called Joe. I didn't even get to say hello. They will be back. Come on, Joe. You sit down here next to Yolanda. Sit down, Joe.
3: Uh, the name is Steve.
1: I don't like it, but I like you. And everybody I like, I call Joe. Come on, Joe. Sit down. Relax. Light me a cigarette.
3: Sure. A martini, Steve? Yeah, but easy on the olives. I may have to drive tonight.
1: You didn't meet everybody, Joe, over there is Lal. Lal? Huh? And that one is De Luca. Ay, De Luca. Get over your head. Say hello to Joe, huh? Hello. Viva
4: Graziano. Viva Roque! <laughs>
3: Here's your cigarette, Yolanda. Oh, thanks you. You
1: know, I like you. You've got a class. I owe it all to the Continental. Oh, television, huh? Eh? So you're from uh, USA, huh, That's Joe? right, Yolanda.
3: Ever been there?
1: Some of the years. I'm going to make a picture there. DeLuca, he's writing it now. A beautiful story, Joe. It is just beautiful. Hey, if you like
4: it, Joe? Hey, it's about a
3: young
1: I'm girl. I'm telling you, DeLuca. Now, this young girl, Joe, she picks oranges. Grapes? Oranges.
4: Grapes. I ought to know. I'm a I'm a sick of grapes, always. I'm jumping
1: on grapes in my bare feet. You can't jump on oranges. You feel a whole horse to jump on oranges. Hey, Johnny,
6: I'll uh, have a good idea, my dear. Now you they keep out of
1: this, one. Mr. Chips. Back to oh. the walls, George old chap. Come on, ungar out. Ungar out. Ow. Oh. 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 Very good.
0: Oh, I say, you're a new chap here, aren't you? Yeah, the name's Mitchell, Steve Mitchell. Oh, I'm chipping. Uh, no jokes, please. And this is Georgie. I, I I can't remember his last name. Hello, Steve. Just call me George. Why is this business about all like this?
1: I was trying to tell Joe the story of my next picture. Oh. It's about a girl who picks
5: oranges. Yeah,
0: poor, but honest, hard-working and all that sort of stuff, eh? A proud, stout heart beating beneath her tattered sweatshirt. Falls in love with a gentleman farmer named Rodney. He's a cad, of course.
1: Who told you?
0: Oh, I say, really, that's a bit of old hat, you know.
1: What's old hats got to do with it? You don't know this story at all, no. I want
0: to hear about it by all means, my dear. I place
1: myself at your feet. Okay, while you're down there, you untie my sandals. Huh? My feet are killing me. It's jumping on those lousy grapes. <laughs>
3: Well, Yolanda launches into a dramatic account of the plot, a tender, heartwarming story of love, I mean, greed, I mean, and hate among the smudge pots. Suddenly, the salon door swings open. A short, heavy-set gent stands there with a mask over his face, a 45 in one hand and a small satchel in the other.
1: Hi, what are you doing? What's it?
4: Shut up, sister. This is a heist.
1: A heist? What is it he's talking
4: A stick-up, Yolanda. A hold-up. There's the bag, gents. Let's have your wallets, watches, rings, anything that'll bring a buck. Dumb them in there. Now, just a minute, sports. Let's get with it. I ain't got all night. You first, Mac. Sure. Only call me George, huh? That's me, sport. George! <laughs> oh! Oh! Okay, George, get up. And don't try that again, see? Oh, don't try it. Next one of you gents who gets funny winds up with a slug in him. Now, come on. Shell out.
3: in, picks up the bag, backs out of the room, and then he's gone. I take three quick steps to the door, stick my head outside. The slug chips a hunk of mahogany just over my head, then I hear footsteps going down the gangplank. I take off on the double. Ernie Hall is right behind me. Do you see him, Mitchell? I think he ducked around the warehouse. Come on, we'll cut through here. Uh Hold it. Uh, What is it? Someone coming up alongside the building and he's in a hurry.
6: Buster, quite good work, Mitchell. On your feet, Buster.
3: Let's have a look at you. I got a light hole?
6: Uh, yes. Yes, here we are. Uh, Mitchell. What's the matter? You recognize this gent? It's Albert Beauvais, the newspaper man. Oh. Beauvais,
0: you all right? Oh. Oh, Monsieur Hall, it's you, huh? Where is he? he? He must not get away. Now, let, let me go. Take it easy. Who are you talking about? L- the man who robbed those aboard the yacht. I hired him. You hired him? What does all this mean, Beauvais? It was a plan that the money you gave me to place under the bridge last night, Monsieur Hall, I had marked it. Don't you see? So you staged this holdup up and hoped you'd trace the marked money? Oh. Uh, oui, 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 alors. He was trying to bring the wallets to me.
3: Of all the screwball... Look, Beauvais, where does he hang out? Oh, a small hotel, not far from here. Come on, we'd better get over there fast. We hustle over to a broken-down hotel on the waterfront. Beauvais and Hall hurry into the lobby, and while Bouvet conducts an arm-waving conversation with the man behind the desk, I duck down the alley and back of the hotel. I don't have long to wait. Our hold-up friend scoots out the back door, and I grab... <laughs> Sure, he's a small gent, but his left has the stock of a pile driver. I'm setting him up for a right cross when my foot slips on the wet cobblestone, and as I go down, he clouts me on the side of the head with the satchel. I'm sitting on the curb, rubbing my ear when Hall and Beauvais come pounding up.
5: Mitchell,
3: are you all right? Yes, yeah, but our friend got away. He left this, though.
0: Aha, the satchel. Here, let me a bit. As you will see, my plan was not such a bad one after all. Ah, Ah, oh, look yet yeah, money. Yes, yes, here is a bill I marked, and another, and another. So? Oh,
3: sacre bleu. He... Yeah, your plan called for us to find that marked money in somebody's wallet, and we'd have our culprit. The money is here all right, but where are the wallets? He
0: must have thrown them away. Now we are right back where we started from.
2: Mitchell will continue his dangerous assignment in just a moment. Have you started your Christmas wishing yet? Well, this is the season for it, the season when we wish we could do the most for our families, our friends, and our loved ones. All of us express that wish when we say those joyous words, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you. But as the old song says, wishing won't make it so. How much better it would be if you could really do something to make that wish come true? Well, the point is, you can do something. You can buy Christmas seals. Yes, Christmas seal money helps pay for chest x-ray campaigns which search out those who have TB and don't know it so they can be treated to save their lives and to protect yours. The Christmas seals you buy today may help to find through chest x-rays some of the 150,000 persons in our country who have TB without knowing it. Finding their TB early when it's easiest to cure may mean many happy new years to come for them. Wishing won't help, but buying Christmas seals will. Buy Christmas seals and you turn wishes into good health. Now back to Dangerous Assignment and Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. <laughs>
3: Backfired, Bouvet. Your hired stick up man dumped all the money out of the wallets. Now, we don't know whose wallet the marked money came out of. Let's see, about 500 bucks of the money in the satchel is marked. Well,
6: well, the rest of it must be hidden aboard the
3: yacht somewhere. Could be. Okay, suppose you start on Operation Ashcan, Bouvet. Paul and I'll see what we can pick up back at the yacht.
0: Operation Ashcan? What is this?
3: Check all the ash cans between the dock and the hotel where your stick up boy was hiding out. See if you can find those wallets. Could be some of that marked money stuck to one of them. Oh, <laughs> and I head back to the yacht. Yolanda, Chipping, and George are in the lounge. I put the satchel on the table and tell them we tracked down the stick up man, that he got away, but we recovered the
4: money. How much money was there?
3: Uh, about $2,000, George. Most of it was in the satchel, but there was 500 in his coat pocket. Just what I lost, Sport. Thank you very much. Oh, you're sure about the amount, eh? Sure, I'm sure. Well, there it is. Help yourselves. Yolanda, how much did you lose? You remember?
0: A couple of hundred, Joe. Chipping? Well, it's a bit hard to say. I've stumbled across some rare finds in Nice, and I'm not sure how much they've cost me.
3: Rare finds?
0: He's
1: a book collector, Joe Dahl.: Oh,
0: then you don't know how much you had in your wallet. Well, not more than 300, I should say. You see, I don't carry a great deal of cash on these trips. Letters of credit and that sort of thing, no?
1: Oh, I should have so much credit. He's a dirty rich, Joe. You no, know, a filthy
0: rich, darling.
1: Dirty filthy. He'll never be cleaned, huh?
0: Oh, fine. Where's DeLuca?
1: Oh, he's attending, he was no feeling so hot. Oh? No, nothing like losing some money to make DeLuca no feel so hot.
3: Well, slip a few of these bills in his oxygen tent. It may snap him out of it.
1: you got a good sense of humor, Joe.
3: Oh, I'm a riot, Josephine.
1: I got a good idea. Why you don't come with us? Huh? Will you? Sure. On the cruise, we're shoving off in about an hour. Oh,
3: where are you heading?
1: Oh, I thought we'd stop at uh, Corsica and then Naples. Then what? Then we split up. I gotta go back to the works.
3: Oh, okay. Thanks for the invitation, Yolanda. You've got yourself another passenger. We shove off, and along about dark, everybody gathers in the lounge for cocktails. Everybody but me. I figure this is my chance to start searching the staterooms, and George What's-His-Name is currently at the top of my suspect list because of the way he tried to stop the holdup, and later, a prompt claim he put in for the 500 bucks. So I give his cabin a frisk, but I can't find anything. I step out in the passageway and turn to close the door behind me. Suddenly, something hard connects back of my ear. It knocks me to my knees. I can hear somebody taking off down the passageway. I staggered to my feet, brushed the cobwebs out of my brain, then pound along the passageway around the corner. Paul.
6: Oh, well, Mitchell, I I came below to warn you. Warn me? Yes, I I saw DeLuca leave the lounge a few minutes ago. I thought he might have come down here. I see. Uh, What happened? I
3: got hit on the head. Must have been DeLuca. Maybe. He took off in a hurry.
6: Did you find anything in George's stateroom? No. I'll try Bouvet's next. Uh, Wait a minute. Sounds like they're all coming below to change for dinner. Great.
3: Okay, looks like I'll have to wait for another chance. But I don't get another chance that night. After dinner, Yolanda wants to play charades, so we all have to choose up sides. Lal Hubli, the Hindu, sits in one corner cracking walnuts and keeping score... When the game finally breaks up, everybody turns in, so I'm out of luck the next morning when I come out on deck. Corsica is in sight. Yolanda and De Luca are standing at the rail.
4: This is my homeland, Corsica. All night I dream about it. A great island to Home of great people. You and Napoleon, huh? Please, put in Napoleon first. Napoleon and me. <laughs> um... <laughs>
1: Poor De Luca. He thought he was going to be one more Napoleon during the war. There was a (laughs) nothing. Oh, he's a sore eye Joe. Instead of the battlefield, he got a desk job. It was a liaison officer in Berlin.
3: The word Berlin hits me like a hammer. That little black book which started this whole deal used to be in the custody of a Nazi named Herzog in Berlin. De Luca could have hooked up with him there. At this point, he seems to be edging George out of the top spot on my list. An hour later, we dock, and the happy little group streams off the yacht for a gay day ashore. But the trouble is, they insist that I scream along with them. In the middle of the afternoon, we split up. I get back to the yacht first with Yolanda and George. I'm just starting up along the deck when I spot Chipping coming up the gangplank
0: with a couple of books under his arm and waving his cane frantically at
3: me.
5: Mitchell, Mitchell I say Mitchell. A
0: fine, a fine, a positive fine. A what? I was browsing in a bookshop and I just happened to stumble across these. Can you imagine? What are they? Ancient textbooks of the gladiator school. That's where fencing really started, you know? Look, look here, old man. Do you see these illustrations? See? there. It, it, it's been the prevalent theory that the glide or sliding thrust is a comparatively recent maneuver, but you see, it's the same thing. Look, I'll show you with my cane. You go like this, you see? Hey. I, oh, why, I'm so sorry. Look, take that cane and... I'm terribly sorry, old boy. I, I thrust when I should have glided. Well, as
3: long as I know that makes everything all right. Now, try your thrust on somebody else, will you?
5: Yes, yes, I will. I
0: must find George.
3: Yeah, you do that. Oh, brother. Oh, DeLuca. I didn't see you standing there. I'm to look for you. Yolanda says, tell everybody cocktails. Okay, tell her I'll be along in a couple of minutes. I stay up on deck until I see all of them come up to the lounge. Then I head below... The stateroom is first on my list. I go over it carefully, but there's no sign of the money. I move to Chipping's room next to it and search it. Nothing. I know I've got to work fast before they miss me. Yolanda's room is next. I give it a thorough frisk, but I'm getting nowhere. Then I spot something in her wastebasket, a piece of green string. Suddenly, I remember Chipping's books had been tied with green string. I remember something else, too. There was no sign of those books in Chipping's stateroom. I look around Yolanda's room... There's a bookcase built into one wall. I go over to it. The lower shelves are crammed with novels. But then on the top shelf, I spot what I'm looking for. Chipping's rare books on fencing. I climb up on a chair, pull one of them out. Yeah, the pages have been cut away. And the book is full of money.
0: Nice work, Mitchell. What? Well, hello, Chipping. Yes, I was afraid I might find you here. Please stay right where you are for the moment. So, you're the boy who's been running the racket, huh? I told you I was a book collector. Herzog's little black book has a prominent place in my collection. Amazing how the people whose names are listed in it will pay to keep anything from happening to friends in Eastern Europe. Like Hall, for instance? This money is what you got from him, isn't it? Yes. I suspected you were searching everyone's room, so I thought the books would be a good hiding place. At the last place you'd look would be in your room.
3: If I hadn't spotted the string, I probably wouldn't have thought of it.
0: Oh, no use crying over spilled string. There's <laughs> no harm done since you're the only one who knows. Will you hand me those books? Okay, here.
5: Add some more.
3: Uh, sorry. Oh, I'll take that gun. It's Hard to shoot with a face full of books, isn't it, Chipping? Uh, books. Uh, Mitchell. Yeah, kind of a dirty trick sweeping a shelf full down on you. But after all, you made such a point to being a book collector, I thought I'd just add a few more to your collection the hard way. Mm-hmm.
2: star, Brian Donlevy, will return in just a moment. Fresh new comedy material to keep you laughing all evening long is what you'll hear every Tuesday night on this NBC station. Yes, Tuesday brings such stellar programs as Fibber McGee and Molly, The Red Skelton Show, The Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis Show, and Two for the Money. You'll enjoy them all on NBC. Fibber and Molly have been entertaining you from 79 Wistful Vista for more than 15 years, and they still bring you chuckling good comedy each Tuesday night. That Clown of Clowns, Red Skelton, brings you a three-ring circus of laughs with Junior, the Mean Little Kid, Cauliflower McPug, and Willie Lump Lump. Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis are the madcap comedians in our Tuesday night lineup, and you never know what to expect next when they team to bring you a half hour of top comedy listening. Then, of course, Herb Schreiner is the power behind Two for the Money, and his power is to make you feel at home with his down-to-earth humor. So keep your date with our terrific Tuesday night lineup, And set your dial to NBC next Tuesday and every Tuesday for Tops in Comedy Entertainment.
3: Next week, Austria. A border incident with me in the middle.
2: That will be Steve Mitchell's dangerous assignment next week. Included in tonight's cast were Howard McNear, Betty Lou Gerson, Nestor Parva, Ben Wright, and Paul Dubov. This is John Storm speaking. <laughs> Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell, with Herb Butterfield as the commissioner, is written by Bob Reif and Adrian John Doe, and is directed by Bill Carnes. Be with us again next week at the same time when Brian Donlevy, starring in the role of Steve Mitchell, will embark on another transcribed dangerous assignment.
4: Tomorrow, hear both Judy Canova and Truth or Consequences on NBC.